Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, good to see some of y'all here at church. Welcome to First Prez. Um, I know a lot of y'all out there, but if you don't know me, my name is Blake, and as Kim just said, I work alongside Anna in the youth ministry for high school and middle school, and um, I'm super excited to be in front of you guys today, and it's kind of a, a surreal thing to me. It's uh, not something that I ever saw coming, coming down the pipe for my life. Um, if you don't know me too well, I'll tell you a little bit about my background. I did not go to school for ministry. I actually had the mindset when I was in high school to go for engineering, and that's what I did. I went to college, got a civil engineering degree, and then I moved to Nashville, and I was a project manager for a couple of years. And while I was a project manager, a couple uh, people I was talking to um, reasoned with me, and they made me lean back towards going engineering, and so I ended up stepping down out of project management and took an in-between job. And during that time, I decided that my calling was at the, that time towards ministry, and so I stepped into ministry. And people all the time ask me, why, why did you go to why did you go into ministry? I don't, we don't, I'm not getting or following your life right here. Um, you have this engineering degree, you have this experience. Why are you where you're at? Um, you can be making a lot of money as an engineer. You could be doing all these things for your life. And they're right. I could be. Um, I could have done all of that. And as I've looked back, I've realized that it has kind of been a process of a lot of things, of my own mistakes and successes over the past five years, walking in fear of how life is coming too fast and kind of stalling, and then still taking on faith and walking in faith and in hope for unfulfilled dreams. And then, as you guys all might relate, when those don't happen in your timing, you kind of take hold and take control and try to make those things happen. And then, as it is, letting go after my control has caused enough suffering and sin in my life and giving it over to God. If I were to go back five years, if you were to ask me, what, what, what's your life look like five years from now? I would not be saying, it would not fathom in my head that I'd be standing in front of y'all today giving a sermon. So, um... It's been a process of learning how to say Lord willing in my life. And so with that, if you guys will open up with me to James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. And I'll give you guys a minute to just get there. James says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while that vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. This is the word of the Lord. If you guys are visiting... Um, or returning from summer vacation, we've been going through the book of James this summer. And James is, it's only five chapters. It's a really short book. You could read it over lunch or, you know, a couple hours if you're like me and you kind of meander in, in thought. Um, so it's, it's really short. You could really read it and get through it. But it's very, mm, it's very dense. It's, it, it cuts you. It, it's hard to really grasp. So in a nutshell, James is about practically walking out our faith. As Christians, um, he talks about how to handle trials. You know, we are to consider it joy when we face trials. He talks about hearing the word versus doing the word. 
Um, he talks about being, showing favorites and playing favorites, you know, give treatment to people that we see fit for treatment and, and showing partiality to others. Talks about a live faith and dead faith, controlling our tongue and seeking wisdom from above. Anna talked last week about being humble versus being proud. And today, it's about our will versus the Lord's will. And for me, it's like a, when I read James, it's like a sword, really the word in general, it's like a sword. It, it cuts me like, like bone between marrows, flesh, sword, and spirit. It divides me. There's a part of me that wants to be good and obey, and then there's also another part of me that says, it's too hard, it's too scary, it's too risky. I just don't want to do it. I just do not flat out want to obey. There's a part of me that wants to be a doer of the word, and yet there's also a part of me that wants to remain a hearer. There's a part of me that wants to walk out in faith, and then there's another part of me that wants to remain still in safety and disbelief and remain in control of my life. There's a part of me that wants to please God and submit to his will, and there's a part of me that wants to resist that. We all make plans for our daily lives, right? We all have daily goals, and we plan out week by week, month by month. We all have one, five, ten-year goals. But how often do we really ask the Lord, what is your will for my life? For me, it's a shameful, not very often answer that I have to give, if I'm being honest. And there are times where I have stopped. There was, there was one time very specifically in my mind when I was in college, I, maybe my third year in college, I was, you know, I just joined this church, and I was really just trying to be on fire with my faith. And I remember stopping asking, like, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And, you know, the answer I got was like, woof. His reply, and what I felt like his reply to me was, the Holy Spirit speaking to me was, I want you to move away and leave everyone you've ever known behind. And I was like, what? Anything else? Anything else? Is that real? Okay, that's it. Oh, I don't know about that. And I wrestled with it for, for a long time. And in knowing what God had told me to do, I, I refused. I, I decided to chase safety in my own life and comfort. from. And I was running away from the idea of moving away. I didn't want to move away. I didn't want to lose all my friends and all my families here. I didn't, I didn't know anybody in Nashville. Or, well, I'll get to that. I didn't know anybody where I was being called to move off to. This was my safe space, so to speak. Um, and I failed to do the good of obeying. And I experienced suffering until I, I surrendered my will, until I came around and obeyed. And it reminds me of the prophet of Jonah in the Old Testament. If you guys don't know about Jonah, it's also a short book. You could, it's three chapters. I don't think it's two full pages in the Bible. Um, but Jonah was called to go preach to the city of Nineveh. And as soon as the Lord told him that, Jonah said, nope, I'm going this way. I'm getting on a boat and going to Tarshish. And, you know, the Lord pursues him. He sends a wind and a great storm that freaks these sailors out on this boat that he's with. And so they cast lots, and the lots fall on Jonah. And they're like, which God do you serve? And he said, well, I, I serve the God of Israel, the one that controls the land and the sea. And he also told them that he was fleeing this same God. And so they're like, get off our boat and he's like, okay, I will. And so he did. And then Jonah ends up getting swallowed by a fish. And he's in his belly of this fish for three days. And he gets vomited out on this beach. And then God says, go preach to, to Nineveh. And Jonah <laughs> reluctantly complied and went and did that. King Solomon puts it this way. In Proverbs 16, 9, he says, A person's heart plans his ways, but the Lord determines his steps. 
And I've come to come to realize that that means we can plan our entire lives out, but if it isn't in step with God, he will make those steps become very weary and heavy laden until we change our plans to align to his. You know, and, and I understand as much as anyone else um, being reflective that sometimes my plans aren't really good. They're just not. You know, the summer after I graduated college, um, I didn't plan to go make a profit in another city. And I wasn't boasting about, you know, all the, all the things I could, I could potentially make, but I was not submitting myself to God. I was pleasing myself and just doing kind of whatever I wanted to do. And because of that, I was living in a constant cycle of depression and self-medication due to the depression and then self-loathing due to the self-medication and then more depression due to self-hatred. And it was just a cycle that went on and on and on until I finally one day decided I cannot do this anymore. And I waved my flag and I said, God, I can't go this. I, I need you to control my life. Whatever your will is for me, I'll obey. Wherever you, your will takes me, I'll go. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, move to Nashville. And so I was like, okay, all right. Uh, okay, here we are again. That, that, that voice came back, but you know what? I'm going to obey. And so after making that decision, I started telling everybody, like, okay, I'm being called to Nashville. I started kind of walking out that faith. I'm going to move to Nashville. I don't know what it looks like. I don't have it planned out. Um, but I know this is what the Lord wants me to do. And I allowed him to control that whole process. Uh, and it was a really cool process. I won't go into detail, but I will say this. Um, I had an apartment, and five days before I moved, it was canceled. So I was moving to this new city with all my stuff, starting a job the week following, and I had nowhere to live. And I was like, you know what? I, the Lord's got this. And he did. He, he pulled through. He gave me a place to live um, with roommates that became really good friends of mine. You know, I, I, I didn't foresee any of this. I didn't see that future, but I trusted the one who did know and who did hold my future. I let go of control of my life. And to be honest, I don't really think we have control of our lives at all. I think it's our arrogance and our pride that deceives us to think that we do. And I think it's God's mercy that allows our lives, our plans, our wills, our bad will, to sometimes get to the point of falling apart, to the point of us surrendering it over to him. Plus, we can't control the future or what it brings our way. We can only react to that. If you think about last year, you know, no one... I don't think, at least, I didn't see COVID coming. Um, I didn't see us going into lockdown. I didn't see it lasting the entire year. Um, just two weeks ago, there's a condo that collapsed in Miami. I don't think anybody foresaw that coming either. Just this year alone, there have been disasters and floods, hurricanes, a volcano erupted, all of a sudden in parts of the world, and I bet those people didn't expect that stuff to happen either. We see these disasters, and it happens every year, but when it happens to us, it's unexpected. We always see it over there, never right here with us. And it's something that we don't like to perhaps think about. We kind of block it out. We, we, but we're constantly reminded of the fact that you know, our lives, as James says, is like vapor. Here for a second, and then gone. Um, in one way more than another. I turned 29 last year, and I might turn 30 next year, Lord willing. At any point, you know, heaven, heaven could call, that's the reality, heaven could call me home. I could leave here today and get in a car wreck. 
you get cancer. It's, it's the reality that we live in, and it's what James reminds us, that we don't have control over our life. And what the Old Testament psalm was about is, Lord, show me how my days are numbered and how I need to be completely submitted over to you. Because when we start thinking about that, it, it's a heavy subject. It's, it's hard to really think about. We try not to. We know we want to avoid it, but it's an unavoidable reality. And it's because, you know, we have dreams. We have hopes. We have desires for our life. We, we want to grow up and get married and have kids and watch them have kids and watch them grow up. And we have business goals. We want to grow and expand and, you know, bring forth and put out a legacy. But as we can see last year, you know, for, for that last part, and well, for really all of it, it only takes one pandemic to really kind of throw everything off. Our lives are just papers. We really don't know what tomorrow brings. And according to James, it's arrogant to think that we can plan for all of it. We have a will that's self-fulfilling, one that focuses on keeping us safe from disasters and from trials. We want to, we want to remain comfortable. We don't, we don't want to face these trials that James talks about that's seeking joy in. And, you know, Jesus even said, you know, there will be sorrows. But take heart, you know, I've overcome this world. And yet we, we try to avoid them as much as we can. We try to avoid the inevitable. We have a bad will. It's our fleshly desires that create this will in us, this, this need, and this is what needs to be surrendered over every day to the Lord. And despite my effort of kind of telling part of my testimony, um, I'm still resistant to submitting to God every day, everything. Um, I, as much as anyone, need to hear this too. Um, I need to remind it every day that I still struggle with submitting my will over to God and letting him be in control. So what is it? What is it in me and in all of us that we are so resistant to surrendering everything over to him? I thought after seeing how God had provided for me when I moved to Nashville and how he had lined everything out so perfectly that I was, in my head, I was like, man, there's no way I'd ever not trust in you again. And I still struggle with it. I still struggle with trusting in him with everything in my life. There's, there's still a part of me that wants to surround myself in comforts and pleasures and luxuries and, and kind of what it turns out is just worthless things um, that are empty in real value and that just leave us empty ultimately in the long run. James chapter 5 will really cut that out of us when you read it. And we'll hear about that next week with Kim. The other part of me recognizes that I need to surrender and that I want to be obedient to the Lord. But it's this dying to myself every day. Pick up your cross and follow me is what Jesus says. This dying to myself that for me, some people, it's just like, boom, and they're good. They're surrendered. For me, it's like a slow, drawn-out, grueling process that God has to pry from me. And finally, I'm like, okay, I've suffered enough. I'm done with this pursuit. And it's when I'm stubborn like that, and I choose my own way that, you know, through that, God some will send a fish to come eat me, so to speak. He'll allow me to suffer and struggle and make my own horrible choices because I have my own will and suffer my own consequences that I bring upon myself. And he'll allow me to descend into my own darkness, into my own shield, my own hell, but he won't forsake me or leave me there. He just allows me to sit there until I'm ready to surrender. This is, um, this is what Jonah prayed when he was in the belly of the fish. He said, 
I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life, and the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet you brought my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But when I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you, what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah at first didn't submit his will to the Lord, and he paid for it. He suffered, and yet in the midst, in the very midst, the very bottom part of his suffering, he cried out to God and surrendered, and God brought him back from his own demise, his own self-destruction from his own choices. And so, is it just me, or does anyone else feel like sometimes their life is spiraling out of control? Has anyone else sought comfort in a pursuit or in an, ed, an endeavor and ended up miserable instead? Is anyone else overwhelmed by the weight that our own self-imposed will brings, our own plans to, to profit our life? Uh, what we thought was a, a good path turns out to be full of just hardship and heavy-laden work. Um, maybe you're confused at what I'm trying to get at here. Th- this is what I'm getting at. Surrender. We need to surrender our will over to, to the Lord. It's, it's what Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount at the very end. Those who are wise and, and act upon these words of mine is like a wise man building his house on the rocks. You know, we so often build our house on the sand with our own will. And the floods come, the winds come, and it destroys everything. But Jesus said, trust in me. Trust, put your faith in me. Trust in my will, build on my plans for you, and you will withstand all these things that, the li- that life throws at us. So let's take a moment real quick and just close our eyes and just in our own way humbly just come before the Lord because I, th- I think there's something in all of us that we cling to, that we, we're so resistant to give up. Jesus wants us to surrender that to him. And yet we resist it. And so let's go before him for just a minute or two and admit that and surrender it over to him. Jesus says, come all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. And sometimes we just don't trust that. We, we think it's too hard, it's too scary. But I ask that we give that over to you. So Lord, search us. Open up our hearts and reveal to us what is in each of us that does not align with your will for our lives. Teach us to be able to say in everything, not 
my will, but your will be done. Even if it means stepping out on the waves in a walk of faith, maybe, maybe letting go of comfort and safety to follow you. Maybe it means leaving everyone behind to follow you. I ask that you just teach us and guide us. Create in us your good will as we surrender our bad will, our fleshly desires, and let us walk every day in confidence that you set our paths straight and lead us. It's all these things that I ask in your mighty holy name, Jesus. Amen.